Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, September 5. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. And to all the dads, hope you were sport rotten. Had a fantastic Father's Day yesterday. Uh, what a weekend of footy. We're down to eight. The top eight, the finals this week. Four intriguing finals coming up in the NRL in the AFL, well, the Swans, magnificent. And, gee, those matches were awesome in the AFL over the weekend. The Swans will host a preliminary final in a couple of weeks' time. What a chance they've got to go through to the big one. And uh, we've got Nick Kyrgios and Ali Tomjanovic in action this morning in fourth-round matches at the US Open at Flushing Meadows. Cam Smith on the charge in the Live Tournament. UFC, a couple of Aussies. One winner, one loser yesterday. Formula One overnight. Great racing on the weekend. Loz, good morning to you, mate. How's the weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Bino. I enjoyed yesterday afternoon watching the Raiders play the Tigers. Geez, the Tigers were pathetic, weren't they? Um, <laughs> last game of the season. Decent crowd turns up at... Leichhardt Oval, the Raiders rest a couple of players because they're well and truly into the finals. It was going to take a miracle for, for them to miss out. And they played some spectacular football, so that was great to see. They go into the finals with a bit of momentum. Looking forward to the final series this weekend. Or hope, hopefully it's as good as the AFLs. Um, the first week of the finals was one of the best on record for them. Uh, it obviously all started on Thursday night with that terrific contest with the Tigers and the Brisbane Lions. But, um, yeah, no, some good football over the weekend, some good racing, a couple of returns of the, the superstars, Zaki and Eduardo, uh, won pretty comfortably. So uh, they're in for a good spring. But all in all, Bino, had a good weekend. Pup, how was the weekend, mate? Morning, boys. Yeah, had a good one, mate. Thank you. Morning to our listeners. Uh, pretty chilled yesterday with my little girl for Father's Day. Uh, didn't go and see the old man, but uh, spoke to him. Um, yeah, nice weekend. Plenty of sport. Uh, yeah, I can't say I'm surprised with uh, with the way the Tigers played, to be honest. Just um, tops off our, our season. So extremely disappointing. A um, lot of good footy. Uh, and yeah, I agree with with Loz and you. You know, can't wait for for finals to to kick in as well. But um, yeah, just reading um, a bit of stuff this morning. Geez, Manly have got some issues, don't they? Reading Buzz's column, oof, he reckons Daily Cherry Evans has has got to go. Yeah. It's a massive call as captain. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we'll massive touch on that. Call. It's a feature of the. Well, it's been a feature through the papers over the weekend, and again. Uh, in the papers today, and uh, we'll certainly get to that. But uh, just looking at the markets for week one of the finals. So Penrith Parramatta kicks it off Friday night. They're at Penrith. The Panthers $1.38. Uh, Parramatta $3.10. 7.5 is the line for that one. So that line's come in one point. It uh, opened 8.5. Uh, Melbourne $1.42 against Canberra $2.90. That's in the 5v8 elimination final. That's five forty on Saturday early evening. And after that is the 2v3 match at Shark Park. The Sharks $1.68 with Tab. The Cowboys $2.20, certainly the tightest market of the weekend. And then you go to Sunday afternoon, Allianz Stadium, take two. The Roosters $1.60, the Bunnies $2.35, three and a half is the line there. And on Friday night there at the brand new Allianz Stadium, well, the Roosters got up. And uh, 26 to 16 it was, but a bit to come out of that match, Loz. Firstly, Cam Murray uh, copping a head knock. Now, he's said to be showing no concussion symptoms. So all the the early rhetoric there is pointing towards that he will probably play on Sunday afternoon. Uh, but Joey Manu, 
suffering a calf injury. A uh, real blow for the Roosters. A timely or bad time timing of that injury couldn't be worse. Yeah, they'll get the results of those scans today, and it could possibly be Manu's season. And he missed last year's final series with a cheekbone injury, and the Roosters are playing some really good football at the moment. They were tough, aggressive. They start fast. Uh, and that was their key to their success on Friday night. It was a, a wonderful scene there at Allianz Stadium, the new opening. Uh, looked a fantastic venue. Um, they just dominated South Sydney right from the get-go. I don't think that'll be the case in this game on Sunday. They did a remarkable job on Latrell Mitchell. Their kick-chase team was outstanding. Jared Weir, Hargreaves and Matt Lodge are just leading the way. Uh, but they get a, well, they, they suffered a few injuries in, in that game. You know, Not only Joey Manu, but... Um, Verrill's left the field. Uh, we were a Hargreaves left the field with what they thought was a minor hamstring. So we'll see whether he's right to go. Uh, they do get back Radley and Sawali, ee. But um, uh, you know the the Rabbitohs certainly miss Cam Murray when he left the field. He he's such a wonderful player for that that club. Um, and if he's able to play the eighty minutes, then I think they'll uh, you know that'll that'll make a big difference. Along with I don't think Latrell will be. Um, as poor as, not so much poor, but, you know, as well contained mm. as what he was the other night. Um, you know, the Raiders go down to Melbourne. There's no fears for the Raiders. Uh, they've beaten the Melbourne Storm before. They've got a terrific record against them. Um, Friday night's contest will be outstanding. Penrith are at home, so they've got a slight advantage there. But Parramatta, they come in with a fit roster, bit of momentum and plenty of confidence. Um, the Probably the game that I think think is probably the easiest to choose is the Sharks-Cowboys, possibly because the Sharks have a tremendous record against the Cowboys. And they're playing okay football at the moment, but being at home at Shark Park, they're always difficult to beat. But hopefully it's a cracker, and hopefully it can match what the AFL served up on the weekend. And you talk about timely injuries. Sif uh, Talakai, just a coach's nightmare, isn't he? He gets the last two minutes of that game yesterday in Newcastle. Cronulla leading 38-16, to 16, so they've wrapped up second spot in a home final. And then Sif Talakai suffers an ankle injury on an ankle that he has had surgery on previously. So mm. they're going to be nervously awaiting he scans didn't look there. too bad when he, he left the field, off, though. So yeah. That, yeah, it's not... So, so I, I think, if anything, he might miss a week. Um, but medical staff from clubs these days are, are very good. Depending on the severity of the syndesmosis injury, he might miss only a week. He possibly could play this weekend. Um, the thing about the Sharks, they're in a great position, whereas they've finished top four, they finished in second position, they got a home final. Um, without Talakai, they, could still, they can still win. Um, and if he doesn't play this weekend, if they do win, then they've got a week off. Or if they... If he doesn't play this weekend, they lose. He can come back the following week if it's not that serious. So they're in a good position in terms of they don't have to necessarily rush their stars back. Anyone who went to Allianz over the weekend, give us a call. Tell us what it was like as well. Tell us if you had a cheeseburger spring roll. Gee, that sounds all right. Did, did, did you get one of those handed out on a plate, Laws, when you were there for the opening? No, I, I, can't Sunday, say I, I can't say I did, Mido, but it's, it sounds enticing, doesn't it? But no, I haven't had a feed there at the new stadium yet. But, um, I heard there's a few issues with the men's toilet, Mido. Is that right? Because I, I saw there's extremely uh, lifted uh, mm. the amount of toilets there as they needed to do at Allianz. So like what, what was queues, the issue? Cues for the men's, oh, okay. no cues for the ladies. Boys are blowing up. 
Well, that's unusual. <laughs> First time ever. Great. <laughs> right. okay. Find a tree. <laughs> well, tell us what it was like. 13-53-53. Just saw around some country rugby league. Sam Burgess's team lost its grand final against South Grafton. I saw Forbes won in the Peter McDonald Premiership against Dubbo Sims yesterday, and Dubbo Sims had only lost one game all season. So a lot of uh, yeah, competitions coming to a close there around the bush, around uh, New South Wales and, of course, Queensland as well over the weekend. But uh, the Wallabies <laughs> did what the Wallabies do on a Saturday night. Uh, the referee uh, very quickly established himself as the most important person on the field, but still the Wallabies. Or well, Dave Rennie was spot on after the game. We didn't fire a shot, he said, and they didn't. They didn't fire one shot all night, and they were comprehensively beaten 24-8 to by the Springboks. So they've got the Bledisloe Cup opener at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne on Thursday week. Yes, Thursday week uh, that game is. Uh now, Clark, you're also in the cricket on Saturday. I mean, mm. I mean, I'll tell you what, the Aussie cricketers will be pretty happy it's footy season mm. because this one went pretty well under the radar considering beaten by Zimbabwe. Uh, I know it was a dead rubber. I know it's, you know, late August or early September when this game was played. But, gee, they'll roll, what, roll for 141. What a can't cock, Clark. He's 31 overs. Well, well, You've got that much time left to bat. Surely a couple of blokes can stay there, stick their nose in the pitch when we're under pressure and just get us through and back closer mm. towards 50 overs. Well, I think that's where 2020 cricket's played a part as well. And unfortunately for a lot of the boys, they think, no, nah, we're just got to keep going rather than look at the situation. Again, if we bat the next 20 overs and go it's three and over, those, those extra runs win us the game. Um, yeah, horrible performance uh, from the Aussies. I, I think there was certainly that, Harvey Norman attitude. I think the series was over. They'd get me out of Townsville and and get me back home. I think there was a bit of that. But either way, yeah, I don't think Australia can can afford to have that attitude. I think, you know, the the concern with, with the Australian team is past players and people that know the game quite well think we've got some brilliant individual players. In all three formats, you look through our players, we're experienced, uh, we're, you know, you, best bowlers in the world. We've got three of those in the ICC rankings. Top batters in the world, we've got three of those in the, in the ICC rankings. Yet, I think I saw we're ranked seventh now in, in the, in the one-day format. And it just it's not, it doesn't make sense. So to me, it is about our attitude. It is about that, you know, I feel like we might have lost a little bit of that when you get on top of someone, absolutely destroy them. And, and I don't think we can afford not to have that attitude at the moment. And I think this is a good example. Like, you know, we're not playing good enough cricket in all three formats to, to, to play at 80%. Mm. You know, I, and, you, and you can lose to anyone on any given day. I understand that. But I said it when we, lost to, when we were playing Sri Lanka. I, I just think we, we've lost that hunger to really destroy teams and, and stamp our authority in, in world cricket and, and fight even harder to, to be the best team in the world and really dominate. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, it's, the boys won't be happy. And, and again, this is the other thing as well. You know, Aaron Finch is under extraordinary pressure for not making any runs. The last thing he needed as captain was to lose to Zimbabwe because it just adds fuel to that fire. So, you know, I'm sure Finch will be steaming with that he hasn't made any runs, but he'll be really disappointed that the boys have have lost to Zimbabwe as well. And, and you're right, you know, we're blessed that it's footy finals. 
Otherwise, that's a, that's a back-page story right there, and Finch is under enormous pressure. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's amazing with Aaron Finch, though. I, I think I read somewhere on the weekend, since last year, in one day, he's averaging less than 15. Less than 15. Mm. Right. You can't afford to carry someone when you're losing. Even though he's your captain, you can't afford to carry someone in your team when their job is to get runs. Mm. I think 20, yep. this 2020 World Cup should be it for Finchie Clarkie. Well, I'm oh. saying that that's at that's at best. Yeah. If he gets there, yeah, that's well, he at is best. in that squad. He's in the he's, squad. He, no, well, he's in the he squad. Can of make course, some changes, though. You can't, can't drop you can't drop him out of the squad now. They've picked their World no. Cup squad, but you cannot select him in your eleven. I I, I think they've obviously. I, I read Andrew McDonald's quotes the other day as well. The coach. It seems like they're. Uh, and George Bailey, I think, come out and said you'd be silly to back against Finchie. Look, Finchie's done very well. He's had a he's had a very good short-form career, um, but he's going to be under the pump. And I think for a World Cup, he's going to have to start well. So hopefully, like I said the other day, he can make a few runs against New Zealand. But, yeah, he, he, I, think, I think he'll certainly – I think he'll be one of, a, one of a few that will retire from certainly from T20 cricket at the end of this World Cup. Clark, you mentioned it before Manly and a big story in the Telegraph today, but also on the back page of the City Morning Herald, turbo charged up over Hasler DCE speculation and Buzz has written about this today in the Telegraph as well and he'll be on in his usual slot after 7am. So it's certainly set to be a turbulent off-season as it was reported over the weekend and today that new Chief Executive Tony Mestrop has to sort a raft of issues there at the club. People around the club losing faith in Des Hasler. Talk of rifts between, well, the Fultons and Des Hasler as well. The Fultons not happy with the direction the club's going. According to these reports, the Trebojeviches are unsettled. Daily Cherry Evans isn't overly popular with some players. Vision has emerged of Marty Tapao over the re- weekend, frustrated about being constantly used as a decoy. And this all comes uh, in the wake of a 21-20 loss to the Dogs on Friday night. Their seventh straight defeat to finish the season. And it was Kieran Foran's last game for the club before he heads... Uh, to the Gold Coast Titans. Just seeing some of Tom Trebojevic's quotes in this article written by Michael Chemerson, our man Adam Pengilly in the Herald today. Uh, he says that, uh, you know, it's been a bit over-dramatised, uh, some of these issues. But no doubt there's there's some sort of... This is a where there's smoke, there's fire story, I think, with Manly. This has been brewing, loss. Well, it's been brewing ever since the players decided not to play and wear that jersey... Uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, obviously, you know, with the playing group there, it's been split. Uh, some players still can't work out why the players did what they did, didn't play, their season was on the line, and as what happens in most sporting organisations, when when you're struggling and when you're um, you know, not getting the results on and off the field, uh, you know, you have some cracks in your organisation, they become wider. And people start to talk, and once the media get hold of them, they start to dig and delve, and they find a story, and then it becomes a, a bigger story than possibly what it is. But you continually talk about it, players get frustrated, then you're trying to find solutions, you're trying to find the answers to what's going on. Everyone wipes the, yeah, their hands from their responsibilities and passes it on to someone else, and it's not my job, it's someone else's role, and things get out of control pretty quickly, and it sounds as though this is what. It's happening there at Manly. Um, but one thing you do know 
it, it won't get any easier if people keep saying it's not my fault. One thing that strikes me, they've got the new chief executive there, Tony Mestro. We've had him on the show plenty of times in his capacity as chief executive of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, of course. His previous job before going to Manly. It just strikes me that Tony's the sort of guy who, you know, he, he's a chief executive. He, he wants to run the show, make the calls. And he got such a headstrong figure in Des Hasler there who has his own certain quirks. It's going to be interesting. This dynamic is going to be interesting well, in how it unfolds. The politics at Manly have always been there. And that's the, that's the issue that they face. That's the challenge they have, is that whoever's been there in the past is always internal fighting, but sometimes they've been able to, to keep it you know, behind closed doors. Yet at this stage, and you know, Manly having the season they've had, it's, it, everything's getting played out out in the open. There's always been internal politics at Manly, but somehow they've always kept it in-house. But now it's a battle of control, and Desi is a control freak, and you know he's rightly done that for a long period of time throughout his coaching career, and they're trying to wield some power back from him. Um, you know, There's been CEOs there in the past that have probably tried to do that as well, but found themselves out of a job within 12 months, two years. So whoever's in charge there... Uh, they need to make sure that they've got the support of board, support of um, management, and then they can make those tough decisions because if they haven't, then they'll be shown the door quite quickly as well. Heart of Darkness is also on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald and Shame Old Story is the headline on the back page of the Daily Telegraph, 56 to 10. The Raiders over the Tigers yesterday. Also on uh, the back page of the Herald, Confident Kiros is out to take care of number one. He's got a chance to go through the quarterfinals this morning, Pup. He's just got to get through the world number one, Daniel Medvedev. Mm. Uh, had his moments in the first, what, three rounds. But Alia Tomjanovic in action as well this morning, who will forever go down in history as she the player that ended Serena Williams' singles career I guess he could yeah. say but what and she handled it with such class as well in her I interview agree. on court yeah I agree Mido. I think on one hand it's like oh poor thing I feel sorry for her and the other hand good on her she was brilliant she the way she played was outstanding to hold a nerve under enormous pressure and you can only imagine the, the the entire crowd supporting Serena but then I thought the way she handled herself after uh, the victory was was tremendous, and she deserves a lot of credit for that. She allowed Serena to have her time, have her place. The way she spoke about Serena, she idolised her. She watched her growing up, and um, yeah, I think she should be very proud. Hopefully, she can go on, and Nick gets a chance again. I think you know he continues to do his thing off the court, um, but he's playing brilliant tennis. So. Good luck to him. Go the Aussies. Later this morning, Kyrgios $2.70 with Tab. Medvedev $1.46. And uh, Ali Tomjanovic will face uh, Ludmila Samsonova, also Russian. Uh, $1.42 is the Russian. Tomjanovic $2.90 with Tab. For those fourth-round matches this morning at Flushing Meadows, we'll speak to Roger Rashid later this morning. Now, before we get to the news, and by the way, heroes and villains this Monday morning, 13-53-53-0419-767-272 on the text line. Loz has an absolute doozy for us about his Father's Day. Loz... What? <laughs> Tell us what happened yesterday, because he told me off air before the show. Pup, get ready oh, for this. No. 
Well, it was Father's Day, obviously, yesterday. We were sitting at home and the kids um, weren't up and they, one of them had to go to work at one. And Anyway, we decided that we are going to go and see a movie, Michelle and I. So we haven't seen Top Gun. So we booked tickets. We get to the movie theatre and we take our seats and there's possibly one other person in the <laughs> in the theatre. And we go, oh, this is good. How yeah, good. So we sit and start to watch Top Gun. And at the start, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I think I've seen this before. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, oh, well, what they're probably doing to start Top Gun 2 is to replay some of what happened in Top Gun mm. 1 just to refresh your memory. And then it rolls into Top Gun 2. But after about 10 or 15 minutes, we both looked at each other and we'd realised that we'd, we're sitting there watching Top Gun 1, the original Top Gun, at the picture theatre. Why, tell, was, tell us why, why was Top Gun 1 on at the movie? Well, so then, then we sort of thinking, what, are we, what have we done here? We're watching Top Gun 1. And then we look at the ticket on the phone and it's a double session of oh my Top God. Gun 1 into Top Gun 2. Oh, my God. But this was at half past one in the afternoon and I wanted to be home to watch the Raiders at four. Oh, so no. I was going to walk out, but we decided to stay and watch Top Gun 1. Oh, I fell God. asleep. And then, <laughs> and then we walked out at the end and people were starting to come in to watch Top Gun 2. Oh, my God. So I've wasted my afternoon. Not really. It sounds like you had a great sleep. I slept for about 30 minutes. But I tell you oh. what, how good are the big screens at the movies? Oh. Yeah. I put the seat down and you were just made a lucky lounge. Oh, but I was, you can imagine my reaction straight up. <laughs> oh. Trust you with one job. One job. You had to book the tickets. <laughs> Unreal. Well, now you're fired up to see the new Top Gun. Oh, well, it's great. We've got to go back You've got to go back and see it. It's fantastic. I know, but we don't get yeah. that much time, you know, to go to the movies. But anyway. That was my Sunday. Heroes and villains, give us a call. 13.53.53 this Monday morning. Now, just seeing that Loz's three-year-old filly, Foxy Cleopatra, is in for Wednesday. A three-year-old maiden at uh, Sandown. Over 1,500, if you don't mind, on debut. 1,500 on debut. Well, you said it's on an Oaks path. It's Mm. nom for the 1,000 guineas as well. Down south during the Caulfield Cup Carnival, so Loz uh, just trying to get to hopefully decent not a, ground, not a heavy yeah. track. Yeah, it's been a bottomless track uh, down there in Melbourne, you know, so they're trying to avoid it where possible. But it, as you said, it's starting to get the stage where you've got to got a runner at some stage. So we're looking as though we will run on Wednesday, and I think the weather forecast down there is pretty good, so hopefully the tracks will be able to dry out a touch. Give it strength. I think that market should open today then mm. uh, for Wednesday. But um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go heavy this week, Mito. First start, okay. over 1,500. Yeah, just, just be cautious. Just sit back and watch. Right. Sit back and watch, assess. Still. And I will tell you when the time is ready to strike. Okay, well, like Clarkie did. That's what Clarkie did. That's what you've got to do, mate. Yeah. I'll, 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 t- I'll give the signal, and once I give the signal, then we'll charge in. Done. All right. Uh, and, by the way, the multi on the weekend was uh, refund after Mwanga was scratched uh, with that track becoming increasingly heavy with the rain Friday we and Saturday. We were on track, too. Uh, so, yes, Profondo finished fourth, and, of course, Eduardo, Eduardo. Jeez, Eduardo won, won in the well, Concord, uh, 11 into $8.00.
for the Everest, for the Tab Everest, is Eduardo. So on the second line of betting with Mazu now, but obviously Nature Stripper, a commanding favourite. i tell you what the interesting thing is going to be in the next couple of weeks, though. Zaki and Enemo appear on course to meet in the George Main Stakes. I know exactly where you're going here. James McDonald, mm. the sleepless nights. I mean, that is a very difficult decision. Very difficult oh, decision. I know, well, I know it is, but do you think there's... Well, I'm an Enemo fan. Yeah, oh, look. And if I missed out on Enemo and I got to ride Zaki, I wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> but I, th- I think my first choice would be Enemo. Oh, it, it is the... You know, people are obsessed with Enemo. I know on the text line here, people declare it the greatest cult since sliced bread, basically. Since well, get octagonal. off the fence. Who are you riding? Well, oh, I'm probably riding Enemo. <laughs> I hate to, yeah, I hate to say, you but I agree with me. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably Enemo. It's a tough choice. It's like t- picking between James Tedesco and Tom Trebojevic. Mm. Like, what do you do? Whatever you do, you're not going to be unhappy. Put it that way. And if 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 you didn't have to make the decision, and they gave you that ride or that player, you'd be happy to take them. Yep. No. Well, you just know that you're jumping on a very good horse. Oh yeah. You're jumping on a very good horse. Oh yeah. Pup, your hero and villain for us, mate. What do you got? Uh, Heroes. I'm going Swannies and Robert Whitaker. Both outstanding victories. Uh, villains, I'm going Manly, Tigers, and Australia's batters. <laughs> Except for Our David batting Warner. was disgraceful. Davey Warner got 95 out of 140. So the rest of you, ugh, have a good hard look at yourself. In Australian conditions as well. Don't get me wrong, I've lost to Zimbabwe. I actually think I was captain in... Might have been 2013 or 14. We lost to Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe, and that was a horrible feeling. Um, so, yeah, I'm certainly not sitting here pointing the finger, but in our own backyard in Australian conditions, I just think our batsmen need to, yeah, need to work out what had just happened. And uh, Ryan Burles, Zimbabwe and Leggy, made a bit of a name for himself. Three overs, five for ten. Yeah. Uh, we well, do play, a... by the way, we've got three one-days in Cairns starting tomorrow against New Zealand. Yes, correct. And that's my point with Finchie. These three one-dayers are crucial for him. He needs to make runs in these three one-dayers to, uh, well, for, for, for our 2020 team's sake, to walk into that 2020 World Cup with some confidence. Mm. You know, I think it's, a, again, you already have enough on your plate as captain going into a World Cup. The last thing you want to be worried about is your own performance, your own batting, and, and I think there's going to be a there'll be a bit of media attention if he doesn't make runs in these three one days. That's for sure. What do you got for us, Loza? I don't know how many times I've said this. <laughs> I, I, I reckon I've done it about four or five times. I know exactly where you're going, and and I'm I'm critical of them. All right, and I, I and I like. I like them, but I'm critical of them because I just don't see them winning. But why do the Wallabies always suck me in? Why do they always suck me in? Did you watch the game? Oh, mate, I was filthy. I was watching it. I was just going, mate, can these blokes just do something with the ball? It was dreadful, wasn't it? It I'm telling you, what what is it with me that I keep falling back into them? And I think they're a chance. And I was talking to my mates who are rugby people, Mm. and they were all looking at me going, Daly, what are you going on about? You bag them all the time, and now you're saying they can win. 
And I said, yeah, I think they can win. They were very good in Adelaide. South Africa, you know, made all these changes. You know, they'll have no cohesion. And they were just laughing at me. And then I just sat there and watched it. And I had a, a bet too. Did you? Yeah. You bet on the Wallabies. And that, that's why... See, and I lost to them. I well, lost to my mates. I was about to have a same game multi, and I saw the late money. South Africa very late when a dollar ninety. It was a dollar ninety each at two, and they went in. I think they jumped nearly a dollar seventy in the last ten minutes of betting. Mm. Like it was. Well, I thought uh, I was being that smart. Be, oh, no, <laughs> I thought I was being smart. Why yeah. does it happen to me? Ah, oh, mate, they'll it, never get me again. It, That's it. <laughs> You've said no. That I know. I know. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm never ever. <laughs> Ever, ever going to touch the Wallabies again. Um, Who's my hero, hit, then? My hero, <laughs> AFL. Yeah, it was great. The final series was one of the best I could remember. To have four finals, it was so competitive, and it was exhilarating, mm. and they all went down to the wire. They were all very, very, very close. I know the scoreline in the end in the, the, the Sydney game uh, became a little bit of a margin, but... 22 points in that, the end. That Geelong and, and Collingwood game, and the Dockers were 40-something points behind. It was 42-2 early in the second early quarter. Early in the second quarter. Remarkable comeback from them. I, I just thought the AFL final series as a whole, that week one was as good as I can remember. Yeah, it was astonishing. My hero was the Swans as well. I want to make, give uh, honourable mention. I saw this on the news last night. Uh and uh, former ABC News presenter in Tasmania in an AFL match. So there was a stuff up with the anthem in like a local comp grand final down in Tassie. So I think he was must have been up doing like the ground announcing. Anyway, he took it upon himself to sing the national anthem and save everyone's bacon. There was a decent crowd there too. There all the players lined up. Look, I don't think Not he's, good at all. I don't think he's, uh, he's, you know, he'll be in demand, put right, it that way. No. Karaoke. <laughs> Did you see it, Pup? Yes. <laughs> Peter he, G's he, name is. Yeah, he, uh, he handled initiative, the situation though. very well, didn't he? It was either that or players were going to blow up, the crowd was going to blow up. He just took it upon himself. But, yeah, he's well, he's got a voice like the rest of us. He, yeah, singing's sh- meant for the shower. That's about it. Speak but good on yourself. him. Oh, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. Listen. You haven't heard me yet. I've heard you both. <laughs> Keep it in the shower or in the car with the windows up, please. My villain's the Broncos. What a disastrous finish to the season. They've missed the finals. They didn't even give themselves a chance with that loss to the Dragons on Saturday night. But that, considering where they were and where they've finished, in the end, that that is a fall from grace for their well, when season. When they review the season, I wonder what they're going to point the finger at. Hey, what are they you know what say? I love? You know what I love? Two weeks ago... We were having a conversation about Kevy Walters is a contender for coach of the year. I'd say and then it was I re- four weeks ago. Mate, two <laughs> but it wasn't long ago. ago. It wasn't now, long ago. Now Six I'm weeks reading, ago, they're in the top four. Now yeah. I'm reading in the paper, mate, nah, can't resign Kevy. you got to sack him. I'm like, it's just, it's sport at its best right there. Within two weeks, you go from, mate, contender for coach of the year to now sack him. It's hard to believe he can go from top four. In round 19 to miss the finals in round 25. But it's the way they collapsed. Their defence fell apart. If you had to put your finger on it, what would you say the issue was? Well, It's more than just losing Pat Carrigan, isn't it? Surely. Has to be. Attitude and defence would be number one. But how, how? 
when, when you have that prize, they weren't good so enough to close. be top four though. Well, that's been proven. Yeah, they weren't good. Enough. They were in that situation because they won some games. Who they play? But they weren't. They're not. A, they're not a top four team, Loz. No, they're not a top four. That's what we're saying. That they were travelling. Yeah. They were travelling better than most people uh, expected. But how do you go from being in that position with well, only who they play games against to, to get? Yeah, who they play against to get those wins for starters? And then, yeah, obviously there is an attitude that they've had a few issues, but they had a few issues the whole way through the season. They gave it to Parramatta. On a Thursday, Thursday night, night. combat. Yeah, but I think that, that was, was, that more, was that more about Brisbane gave it to Parra or Parra were hopeless? Well, Parra were horrendous that night. Yeah, they were. But if you come down here and beat Parra on that stadium, 34-16, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Only, what, six weeks ago? If Brisbane finished finish in the top eight, I reckon we're all sitting here going, that's an unbelievable season. So whether they were sitting in fourth, third, wherever, if they finish in the top eight, at the start of the year, did any of us have Brisbane in the top eight? I didn't. Can't remember. <laughs> no, I, I well, I no, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't so, have the Broncos in my top eight. But I think it looks worse for them right now because, like you say, they were in that position. But I, I think they're finished where I expect them to finish. Yeah, but you don't get beaten by the West Tigers the way they were going. Like in oh, those remaining exactly. six games. So I mean, oh. you, you just look at the Broncos and you look at some of their results against. You know, I can understand. Um, you know, getting smashed up by the the Storm, who were on fire mm. that night, and the, and the Roosters. When you throw in the likes of the Tigers at home as well, at home, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there's a there's a bigger issue at play for me. Yeah, and uh, you know we're talking manly here in Sydney. You can only imagine the post mortem that's going on north of the border on Talkback Radio, etc. There, in the wake of their finish to the season there in Brisbane, we got Jeff on the line though. Morning, Jeff. How are you, mate? How was the weekend? Yeah, pretty good, guys. Happy Father's Day, Clarky, Loz. You too, buddy. Cheers, Jeffrey. Same to you, mate. How are we, boys? Going well, mate. Not from too Monday. bad, mate. You would, you'd mate. be happy with your mob on um, Saturday if night. Was, you did us a favour, mate. If I was a realist, I mean, you know, they went lost twelve, one twelve. So, you know, they they were thereabouts. Yeah, they were thereabouts. But you know, I mean, not many people had them in the four A in the top eight. So, no, it was pretty good um, end of the season. Just before I give you my heroes and villains, um, Jerry, did you see that? text I sent you with that guy with the multi? Ah, uh, mate, there's a lot. Well, when did you send it? I sent it about 10 minutes ago. Have a look at it. Right? Yeah. He's, he's got a, uh, he's gone to win 59,000. Right? He's gone try scorers and he's cashed out on the Saturday night. And have a look at the last two. I don't he's cashed see. out $900. He needed Britain, Nakora and Hudson Young to score yesterday and he cashed out on the Saturday night. Oh, jeez. Oh. No, I'm, anyway, not, I'm not seeing it here. It must no, have come I can't through find yet. it either. Yeah, he's, he's, he's had, I think, eight, eight try scorers. He's got the first six. He's had no. $5 on it, paying 59800 And he's cashed out on the Saturday night. Oh, what would you cash out if you only had five on it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Oh. My heroes. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm sick. sick for yeah. him. He, yeah. he, I've got it on my phone. I'll resend it. Anyway. Yeah. My heroes are the West Tigers and the Newcastle Knights supporters, <laughs> right? I mean, the crowds yesterday, those supporters that showed up, every single one of them should get a refund, right? They've done it all year, and all they've dish, dished up is rubbish, and the weather wasn't the best. My villain, I've got two, myself 
I flicked over to the union, and it's 15 minutes that I'll never, ever get back with my body. <laughs> what about I'm, me? I've had a bet on them. I can't on, believe you had a bet on them. Loz, you're my villain, and I'll tell you why. If I ever hear you say, I've got another engagement, because Clarky asked you if you're going to the West Tigers function. Yeah. If I ever hear you say you've got another engagement, I'm actually going to hit you. <laughs> Don't ever call it an engagement. It's junk it for you. <laughs> oh, you make a fair point, Jeff. Mate, let me tell you. Hey, last week they were mentioning five things about loss, yeah. right? One thing you didn't forget, to, uh, one thing you forgot, you're a freeloader, Loss. <laughs> One of the greatest freeloaders of all time. I can find a party. I can find a freebie. Oh, no, yeah, mate, you know how to find one. You wouldn't shout at Echo Point. <laughs> I'm going to steal that one, Jeffrey. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> he will, because I've seen what he does. He, he writes stuff down, and, he, and he's uh, even admitted it. He goes in the bathroom and yeah. practices well, he, the he, delivery, he, he, goes back out to his mates and delivers it. <laughs> He'd be the sort of bloke, right? It'd be his turn to shout, and he'd put his hand up and say, oh, guys, you know what? Michelle's just rung me. I've got to get going. <laughs> no, I, forgot, I forgot my wallet. I left it in the yeah. car. Not again. Loz, one more thing on the AFL. I've been watching AFL for 40 years, and I'm, you know, I know a bit yeah. about it. Mate, uh, what, did, what did you make of that? Uh, the, the games on the weekend? Let me tell you, right? I'll, the, the Richmond game, yeah. it wasn't a goal. My first instinct was... No, it wasn't was a, goal. a goal. I agree. Big, because, I mean, for two reasons. It didn't look like a goal, and the Richmond players didn't even celebrate. No, Tom, Tom Lynch didn't. Around. No. And that game on Saturday, I got up, because I was with the boys having a drink, so I got up and watched the replay at about 2 o'clock in the morning, Carl, uh, Geelong, and it's the best game of AFL I've seen in 40 years. Oh, it, it was absolutely remarkable. The it, skill level, the intensity, it was just incredible. Mate, what did you make? And I actually... Yeah enjoyed uh, McRae's comments after the game about his players when they slumped to the ground. He said, he told them to get up. You're not losers. Like, you, 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 while ever I'm coaching here, I don't want to see you react like that after a game, unless it's a grand final. Mm. Because we've still got a game to play and we're still going to be up and, and going next week. Basically saying to the players, hey, I don't care what you've done out there today. Tomorrow you've got to go again. And I, I thought it was... Outstanding work a from job. a coach, yeah. I, I just sat back and went, wow, mm. this is a coach that means business here. Mm. He's not going to accept a team that's just going to fall short and be happy with it and be sad for themselves about, oh, geez, we tried hard and we nearly got there. It, it, he's, he hasn't capped his team at all. Mm. The expectation is that they're going to win. And, I, geez, I thought that was great leadership from a coach. Yeah. But he's been criticised for it as well. <laughs> really? Mm. Oh, Being too hard on his part. Oh, you joke. All right, stacks of texts here. I'll get to just before the news. Um, morning, boys. Chet Lawrence has again won his second AMA motocross championship with his brother Hunter finishing third. He also won the 250 Supercross championship earlier in the year. Great result. Deserves a mention. Um, morning, gents. Watched the live stream of the Illawarra Rugby League Grand Final yesterday. Witnessed one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Bloke goes into touch and drops the ball. He's awarded a try while the ref, touchy and even in goal, touchy, look on. Couldn't believe it. Didn't know who to feel more sorry for. The team that was scored against or the officials. Um, she is Adrian. Uh, Mido, you're happy the Broncos didn't make the eight as you were on to miss the eight like me. Cheers, George. Yep, gave that a big cheer when they missed out. Hey, boys, my heroes, Eduardo and Zaki, uh, two old champs come back and flex their muscles again. 
uh, villain the government for not funding Leichhardt Oval. Wooden Spoon is playing for nothing yesterday and the crowd still show up on the hill. Mitch from Robertson. Um, J-Mac will go with Enemo. Uh, Heroes. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon. To seal coach of the year, villains, the wobbly, says Pollock from Balgala. Uh, hi, guys. The Western Bulldogs cost me a five grand multi. I thought I had it when they were up by 40 odd points, says Tony. That would make you sick. Uh, morning, lads. So excited. I have my tickets to the lunch. Can't wait. Uh, good stuff. My villain, Zimbabwe. Very ordinary effort. Surely, Vinch. I'm guessing the Aussies against Zimbabwe. Uh, of course, it's just refreshed on me here. My villain, uh, yeah, very ordinary effort. Surely Finch to go. And Steve Smith, skipper moving forward. My hero, purely on heart alone, has to be the Fremantle Dockers. Truly strange, uh, amazing effort being down at one stage, 43-3. to three. Cheers, Brett from Oran Park. Uh, morning, guys. Hero Cookie tipped a $7 winner on Friday on the BSB. Yes, he did. Durston in the Wyon Cup. Cookie tipped it to us on Friday. Won at decent odds. Good on him. Villain Daly stopping another multi. Seriously, time to move him out of the multi, says Peter. That is harsh. Ooh, I'll leave that, that to you. Peter, Lopez. four from five over the last five weeks. And, and he didn't lose. And didn't lose. It's, it's harsh. So you are harsh, Peter. You can't win, can you? you no, no. I think <laughs> most people agree, Pete, that um, the last five, six weeks have been tremendous work for myself. Uh, you, yes, yeah. Well what about what about your fear of the Raiders going down to the Tigers? What was that about last week? Uh, it was about watching the game the night before and having mm. the Broncos win and then come out to play a Tigers team where the Raiders had to win and the Tigers would have been. I, I, I thought I expected a lot more from the Tigers yesterday. That's because oh, I, I, I was I was worried about the Raiders watching that game, hoping that the Broncos would lose and they won and then trying to refocus to go again the next day. Cause I've seen teams and I've been a part of teams when you're hoping results go your way and they don't. And then it's, it, it can be a struggle the next day. I, I've got no fears next week when they go down to Melbourne. I, I'm more confident next week because I, I think they're playing good football and I think they match up really well and the brand of footy they play against Melbourne worry them. Uh, morning, boys. Hero, Penrith Panthers, New South Wales Cup side. Unbelievable win against your Bears. You know, the squad that had played New South Wales Cup all year were promoted to first grade. Shows the depth of our great club. Villain, well, has to be the West Tigers' heartless, pathetic, embarrassing effort yesterday. Also, the $14 schooners at the new Allianz Stadium Friday night. Absolute <laughs> joke. Cheers, How Craig. How much? I did hear this Wasn't somewhere happy, on the radio over the weekend. There was happy hour from five 14. to seven. It's a lot of money. Dollars. For a Fourteen. Beer. Is that number right? And tell me, is that seriously that for can't a be schooner? Right. No. They yeah, well, that, that's wrong. a joke, and that, that, they have to do something about that. That is an absolute joke. If it's $14 for a schooner, I mean, you can't be get serious. Get blind before you go. <laughs> hang on. We, we just get robbed blind in this that city. That can't be right. Seriously. No, the number must be wrong. Well, hang on. Well, it's if you misprint. add that, if it's 14 bucks. <laughs> You you times that by twenty four. Why well, times as a, car, as, a, as a carton? <laughs> yeah, okay, gotcha. As a carton, that's three hundred and thirty six bucks. Thought you were going to try and get twenty four down in a game. Three hundred and thirty six bucks, mate. That's a raw. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Premier League overnight. Now Mossy's busy; can't be with us this morning, but uh, we'll hopefully get him on tomorrow. But Manchester United have beaten Arsenal, so that's Arsenal's first loss for the season. Three one, and they're. 
eighty plus million dollar or million pounds, sorry, I should say, signing Anthony, a Brazilian from Ajax, who's just got to the club, scored on debut, and also Marcus Rashford scored a double for United. So 3-1, they've beaten Arsenal. And Brighton, 5-2 over Leicester. Leicester, bottom of the table with one point uh, under huge pressure. Brighton, up in the top four. After that win. So 5-2 Brighton over Leicester in the Premier League. Uh, in the Formula One, and there was some big news. Uh, it was Friday out time that Oscar Piastri, uh, as has been expected, is set to replace Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren next season. We had the Dutch Grand Prix overnight and the local boy Max Verstappen. Uh, one from George Russell and Charles Leclerc filling the podium. Uh, Lando Norris, seventh in his McLaren, and Daniel Ricciardo, 17th in his McLaren. So it's certainly been an unhappy year for the Aussie, to say the least. Jamie Rogers, a very good morning to you. And as I say good morning to you, JR, I've just been sent, actually, uh, the bar menu from Allianz Stadium. And, yep, Stone and Wood, $13.50. Bolter, $13.50. Furphy, $11.00. And then you got two is new Carlton, eleven dollars. Hand light in a can, nine dollars forty. Um a Sauv Blanc, eleven dollars, a rose and a Shiraz also eleven dollars. So there you go. JR morning to you. That seems very expensive. Ooh, it does, JR. It, yeah. it is it is very expensive. What does that compare to in a pub? Sorry everyone, I don't go and buy many beers. Um what? How does that compare to a pub schooner versus what you'd be paying at Allianz? So pub can be anywhere from five fifty to six fifty. Yeah, right. So you know? double the price yeah. to go to Allianz. Wow. And what's the food prices? Because they've got a proper chef out there. Is it Maryvale or? Yeah, Maryvale's yeah. doing it. Uh, not not sure. I haven't got the menu for that. I've got the drinks menu. Oh well, as Clarky said, you can just go out and have your drinks before you get to yeah. Allianz Stadium. But happy Father's Day, boys! For yesterday, did you have a good day? Uh, yeah, a really yeah. good day, actually, Jr. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a shame that it was raining at the end. We got the ferry into Circular Quay, which was all great until it starts bucketing down, and no one brought umbrellas. And and did you spoil Dave? Yeah, we spoiled yeah. Dave. We um, yeah, got him lots of lots of presents, and the kids also made lots of things at school, which is always really cute. I mean, in typical like Father's Day fashion, Archer was went wild at Circular Key and knocked mm. down. You know, you have those bollards that sort of have the black rope in between that I guess stops crowds going in. Archer decided to run headfirst into all of them and knock them down like dominoes out the front of a shop there, and you know, just great Father's Day activities. So no, it was it was a good day. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. They still have the the uh, Father's Day parades and things like that at schools. Uh they might they at primary do school. They Not don't. The fate. The fate. They mostly had a fate. Yeah, where you can. I think they you, you get like a a voucher and you can go and buy a present for. Yeah. For right. Yep. I got some yeah, socks. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Good socks, Loz. Happy oh, socks. I can imagine, mate. <laughs> what type uh, of pattern were they? Well, they had like I don't know, like. Big low, like cool dad, or right. um, you know, they got something something written on them for dad. Yeah, oh, super perfect. dad. I'll wear them in tomorrow. I'll wear a pair tomorrow if we're. Mate, that'd be nice. We'll take a photo of them. Give you a look at what she got. Gee, <laughs> so you looked beautiful yesterday, by the way, Pups. I well, saw the magazine gorgeous. yesterday, looked, Pups. Up. Well I done. Beautiful, did yeah, I? Thank you. you. you look yeah. gorgeous. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, it's very kind. Very sharp. Can I ask, mate? How long does it take? Oh, here to we do go. the photo shoot. That is in like that took to get two ready. Two hours. No, no, no. To get ready, I 
Because you'd have makeup. a stylist there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They'd have makeup and hair, probably 20 minutes. That shoot was really quick because there was only four different shots. Oh, bonus. Usually yeah. they drag Actually, you two, you two have got a little treat coming, actually. R.M. Williams, they've got some boots for you. You asked and they uh, they found Ooh, a way. So gosh. they'll be they're getting made in Adelaide as we speak. In Adelaide. Mm. They're getting made for us. They're getting made in Adelaide as we speak. I sound but that sounds um what was the word I'm looking for? I mean, I, 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 I find myself being special now if they're being made for me. I just there thought you go. You if you were going too... to get them you could just get them off the shelf. But if they're no. being made for me, pup. Being I'm, made. I'm excited. The style of boot you want, yep. you can't just go to the shop and buy. They're getting made for you. Really? Yep. Oh, well, thank you very much, mate. No, thank you. What are you You're saying, Mido? Are you saying thank you, or are you I'm just accepting a huge, that huge on my behalf? Thank you. Right. <laughs> huge, huge. You, well, I was just waiting for you to my finish thank talking. you on, on your behalf, is it? Absolutely yeah. on my behalf. Right. Love my RMs. Good on you. You're the Good best boots. Pup. Thanks, mate. Good boots. All right, JR, sorry, your hero and villain. Um, my heroes, boys, I've gone with the Roosters for their performance against South Sydney. I just thought they were outstanding. Although, Loz, I must say, when I was watching that and I thought they were brilliant on Friday night, I then thought, oh, I hope that they can back that up against South Sydney this week because I don't think we're going to see the same performance from South as what we saw on Friday night. So I just hope that the Roosters didn't just play their grand final on Friday night. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Well, it came through on the television, like a great atmosphere, and I'm sure most people that went to that game would have really enjoyed it. Um, I expect Sunday's going to be totally different to the one that was played on Friday night. I think Mm. it'll be a lot closer. A few injuries for both sides, but um, yeah, I, I think the final series is shaping up to be a good one this year. Um, and boys, I also put, you mentioned earlier in the show, but Isla Tomlanovich at the US Open. She is also on court later this morning as we know she beat Serena Williams and her first words post-match was, I'm feeling really sorry. And she spoke so well after the match and told the crowd how much she idolised Serena growing up. And she actually said she used a technique from Novak Djokovic that he has said in the past where if a crowd is against you, you pretend that they're chanting your name. And she said that actually worked for her, but she said there were a few times when it would get to her, but... She said she then just sat there and watched Serena's post-match interview and was feeling quite emotional. And she said, I'm I'm sad, but she said, it's just really weird mixed emotions off the back of that. So I just thought she handled that win so amazingly and spoke so brilliantly about Serena Williams, but all the best for her now for the rest of the tournament. And my villain is the same as you, Jared, just the Broncos. I just was just watching them on the weekend and thought, round 19, you're sitting in the top four and now the finals, well, the chance to get to finals was completely out of your hands. And as we know, they are out and they had two weeks where they conceded more than... 100 points combined and Loz you just look at them and think there's now leaks coming out of the dressing room there were players complaining about getting a spray from Kevy. do you think Origin had an impact on what we're seeing at this back end of the season? Uh, it's a good question JR because a lot of their players hadn't experienced Origin before or a couple of their younger guys and yeah it, it could have uh, you know the emotional and physical impact of playing in a tough Origin series may, may have caught up with them at the the back end of the season. But the thing that was most concerning for me, like any football club, is when you're starting to lose, instead of bunkering down and being tight as a group, all these leaks start to come out of the club. Um, and that's always a bit of a worry. So obviously, Kevy and his coaching staff and management will sit down and assess their year. I think Kevy said after the game, and he's quite right in what he said, 13 wins is a is a good year for the Broncos, given what they were coming off the back of. But 
when you're in a situation, top four, five games to go, you have to be making the finals. You can't fall away meekly as they did. So that's the concern and that's the area that needs to be addressed. Why? Good on you, Jay. I'll be back with the news at seven. We've got Andrew on the line. Morning, Andrew. Hey, guys. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. You got a hero and villain for us? Dude, heroes, the, um, it's like JR, the Roosters, the Roosters Club, so the NRL and the, and the, and so the uh, W League side, just opening that ground so well. They both teams spoke about um, the pride in their new home turf and opening it up properly. They both played really well, both sides. <coughs> Well, you were there Sunday week. It looks like there's not a bad seat in the house, lots. Yeah, it certainly again, doesn't I, look as steep. No, it, in well, that it, second level. No, it doesn't. But it, it, every seat uh, looks as though it's a good vantage point. Yeah. You, you, you got a good look at the game and the field. Um, and I only watched that game on the television. I, I wasn't out there, but just the atmosphere and the noise coming through the television Damn, just good. sounded like it was just amazing. And then I read some comments. Um, about the game on Saturday or Sunday, and they said it was as noisy as like an origin game. Mm. Th- that's the type of atmosphere that was created. So if, if that's what we're going to get when it's full or when there's 20 or 30,000 there, we're, we're in for, a, you know, that, that'll be a, a great stadium and people enjoy playing there. What about you, villain Andrew? I feel like I was born when Broncos Tigers, and I just think uh, more the Tigers. Broncos, I think, I'm just sorry for them. I don't like the Broncos at all. I felt sorry for them a bit. Think more about the origin scenario. I think a lot of young players were into origin early in their career this year and then fighting through all those pressures. And then it's a big origin series too, but that tight series going down the wire. And I think that may have impacted them a bit. But the Tigers organisation, I thought, were just all, you know, stacking Maguire. And ever since then, they've just fallen away in a heap. Oh, they certainly have uh, disastrous... Well, that's their first ever wooden spoon since they've become the joint venture, the West Tigers. So uh, they finished... Well, it was, it's been pointed out today. They finished 38-0 last year in a defeat. I think it was to Canterbury. And so they finished this year 56-10. So they've actually gone backwards. Well, when have. you thought they were at their lowest ebb just about last year, they've gone backwards. Well, they gave up. And, and you know the disappointing thing? The disappointing thing was the way that they started yesterday. Like I, I, not the it's ever acceptable, you know, getting beaten like that. And it, but it can happen, all right. It, it can mm. happen, but it tends to happen in the second half. Mm. It's your last game, Leichhardt Oval. Leichhardt Oval Sunday afternoon. You, you you still got a bit to play for. You know, blokes are playing for their careers. Jamie Jimmy Tamu's uh, last game for the for the club. You you want to go into the off season feeling a little bit better than what you have throughout the year. I can understand if the game gets away from you at the back end. You can, you know, but to start and to have that amount of points put on you early, I just find that difficult to believe that they were having a crack and they prepared well for that contest. Because if you prepare well, at least at the start of the game, you're up and about and you're not going to let the opposition put 40-odd points on you in the first half. That was a diabolical performance from the Tigers. 42 nil at half you know, time. And, it, and it's happened pr- in previous weeks too. So it wasn't just a one-off either. It's been happening, it's been building, and just... It was embarrassing if you're a Tigers 
fan yesterday. So the Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time it's all about the roar of supercars at Mount Panorama. Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue are giving you and a mate the opportunity to win a VIP experience for two at this year's Bathurst 1000, including a full weekend hospitality package, grid walk, track lap and accommodation. Now this is a serious bucket list opportunity. Keep an eye out too for Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue in your local IGA. And if you can't find them, then ask the manager to get them in. To enter, simply go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au and register your details. It's that easy. That's stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. Supercars never tasted so good. Adam Pengilly from the City Morning Herald. Good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. How was the weekend? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Really good. These two had a great Father's Day, except Loz went to Top Gun 1 instead of Top Gun 2, but that's another story. Uh, and you went to Leichhardt Oval. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell us oh. about it. Yeah, Clucky, what's doing? What is doing? That's not a Father's Day present, buddy, getting that, that's for sure. No, there were, I can confirm there was definitely fans who were leaving before half-time there yesterday. There was several that walked out at about the 35-minute mark when it was 42-0, and I... I just feel desperately sorry for the Tigers fans. The Raiders were playing great football yesterday, but that was just not NRL standard, wasn't it, from the Tigers? That was just way below NRL standard. So thank goodness for them. Their season's finished. Uh, They've got some serious, serious work to do over the course of the off-season. And I'm actually keen, Lords, to see how your Raiders match up against the Storm this week. I'll give them a sneaky chance, to be honest. Um, I think they're playing some great football at the moment. Melbourne just seemed like they might have had the wind taken out of their sails a little bit with that brutal clash against the Storm a couple of weeks ago, and then Parramatta were, were far too good for them. So I know Ricky wasn't happy. I wrote a story in the Herald today about the you know the the draw for the the first week of the finals. We've got a six day turnaround. The Raiders are going to travel back to well, they travelled back to Canberra last night, and they'll go down to Melbourne later this week. While the I suppose the Roosters and Rabbitohs have got a nine day turnaround waiting for that final at the at the SFS on on Sunday. So um, yep, fascinating first week of the finals, boys. I give them more than a sneaky chance. I, th- I think they're they're very good to go down there and, and knock off a very good chance to go down there and knock off Melbourne. I think they their record suggests that the style of footy they play worries Melbourne. Melbourne would have preferred to play another side rather than Canberra. Um, Jerome Hughes, though, if he's back in the team, he'll make a massive difference to Melbourne. But I think the first weekend of the finals is very intriguing because when you look through all these games, um, you know I, I don't think there's a game there that you, you say that. You know, there's a standout in terms of who's going to win. No. I think every game you could make a case for the underdog to win. It's a strong case. Yeah, which is what we want, Loz, isn't it? Like, we want yep. competitive games. And I, I, Friday night's going to be an absolute belter between Penrith and Parramatta. And for whatever reason, Parramatta seemed to have trouble Penrith the last couple of years. And that's going to be a fascinating game. And obviously, um, Roosters Rabbitohs to finish the finals on first week of the finals on Sunday afternoon. That is going to be an absolute humding. I can't wait for that one. And, and like you, Loz, I expect to be a lot closer game on Sunday. I think the Rabbitohs will be right up for it. And you just start to worry about the Roosters and their injury toll and Joey Manu, that's that's a huge blow for the Roosters losing him. He's he's so important to that team. I know they've got stars all across the board, but he to me seems like their X factor. A guy who can just roam across the park and be wherever he wants to bob up at any stage in attack. And if he's well, he'll be missing this week. I think that's no real concern about that. Potentially missing for the rest of the year. So um, yeah, can't wait for this weekend, boys. The weather had a big impact to buy well. By early in the day, you'd even say mm. on Saturday at Royal Randwick, but Eduardo, oh, the old. The old brigade uh, just delivering at the moment. Eduardo in the Concord to start with 11 into 8. So joining Marzu on the second line of betting for the Tab Everest. 
Yeah, class certainly rose to the top on the weekend there, didn't it, Jared? It, how did they bet that price about Eduardo yeah, in the Concord on the weekend? That was just... I was watching that drift. And I think I was on the program Friday saying the dollar eighty-five, dollar ninety. He was still my best bet on the program. I thought that was still a decent price. And he got out to two dollars seventy, two dollars eighty late in the piece there, and never looked like getting beat. So um, it, it was a strange, strange betting drift. But anyway, Joe Pride's got him back. He's on track for the Everest in um, in six or seven weeks' time. So he was clearly the class horse in that race and delivered. I, I do have to say, Joe, we have to be extremely cautious about analysing the form out of this meeting. It was dead set just a leader's day. There on the weekend, tough conditions, virtually nothing made ground. He was probably flattered a little bit by that, but still having said that, I thought Eduardo would have won the race regardless. What about Zaki, buddy? Knows how to win? Yeah, he's back, Clarky. Um, again, another class horse in that tramway there on the weekend, and I was very reluctant about taking him on there on the weekend. I didn't because I've been burnt in the past trying to take him on first up. But uh, beautiful ride by J-Mac. And again, the track played into his hands. I cannot wait for this George Main Stakes in a couple of weeks, boys. Zaki v Animo, it's a mouth-watering contest if they both end up being in that race in the Group 1 in a couple of weeks' time. And he's right back on track, Zaki. I want to give a big tick to Ice Bath. She was fantastic there from back in the second half of the field. And Profondo probably wants a drier track. So if they give him a flat second-up run, I think he can definitely improve third up. Who's J-Mac going to ride, mate? Oh, I don't know, Lars. I... I've got a suspicion he'll probably ride Animo, I think, given that he's a, he's a stallion and um, his tie was good off on there. But I, I tell you what, Zaki's got his hook on the tail and he's, he's right on track for this Cox Plate and it's going to be a tough call for him. And whether he wants to make a walk, he's going to have to make his call now, isn't he, uh, for the rest of the spring, basically. And he, I know he probably want to maybe wait a little bit longer till later in the campaign to decide which way he wants to go. But given they're going to clash so early in their, in their preparations, he's going to have to make a call. So um, I'll leave that to James. But he's, uh, Who are you riding? Come on. Um... Probably Animo was, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'd probably ride Animo. Um, I still think there's a little bit more upside there for Animo as opposed to Zaki. But having said that, I wouldn't be surprised to see, see Zaki roll him in, in the George Main and potentially in the Cox Plate later in the campaign. So he's just in a great position, isn't he, Jay Mack? When he's deciding between two of potentially the best horses in the country, um, he's blessed, isn't he? Uh, now, Knight's Order on Wednesday, this was pre-scratchings, of course, and we had a few scratchings that ended up jumping $7. But... They knew because it was 51 into $19 when markets first went up on Wednesday last week and was too good in the Chelmsford. Yeah, very rare to see a horse that comes back after winning a Sydney Cup win first up, Jerry. But he, he was great there on the weekend. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the track played right into his hands there. So I want to be a little bit cautious about analysing the form out of this Chelmsford stakes. I thought Numerian was really good. And I thought the run of the race, without a doubt, was Benno. Um, he is dead set flying at the moment. Uh, I think John O'Shea's got him going great guns. He'll probably be targeting a Metrop later in the campaign, and his couple of runs back now have been absolutely super without winning. So keep an eye on him. He's uh, he's definitely one of two big races later this preparation. Well, you talk about first up, Rothfire again got a terrific record first up and was very uh, good at the Valley. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Lawrence had all that travel dramas, I suppose, earlier in the week with a plane delay, missed a flight earlier in the week, but he managed to get himself down to Melbourne. And um, I think Rob Heathcote was absolutely ecstatic to get him back winning after such a long journey to get him back to the truck in the first place last year. And now he's winning races again, which is great. What I will say is, boys, this three-year-old, this two-year-old form from last year and the, the spring three-year-old, I'm starting to get really, really worried. Cool and Gutter was a pronounced favourite there on the weekend. I wouldn't say she ran poorly, but she just seemed like a little bit of class below the Rothfires and zoo styles of this world. So I don't know what we're thinking about the, th- the two-year-old form through the slipper and the size and the champagne from, from last campaign, the Magic Millions. But at this stage, I don't know if it's going to be too strong. I'll have to leave it there, mate. Have a good one. We'll chat tomorrow. See you, boys.